and welcome to another episode of The Partial Historians. I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Greenfield, and next to me, looking incredible, is the one, the only, Dr. Radness. Hello, dear listeners. You know, Dr. G, I'm very disappointed that you didn't say I looked perfect, because <laughs> I'm wearing my cat dress today. Oh, hello. <laughs> Meow. Oh, I thank you. <laughs> welcome, everybody. So, welcome back. We are up to a very exciting moment in our narrative of Rome from the founding of the city. And we've just, if you were joining us, rejoining us from our last episode, we just covered the life and times and death of the Vesper Virgin Opia. It's really just a death. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get, unfortunately, we don't trying get... To, trying to build up interest yeah, no. in the previous episode there. <laughs> no, I know. You're right, you're right. I, uh... I, I was I misspoke. <laughs> no, yeah, it was, it you was, were you were entirely. It correct. was it was rather sad. It's really the first time that we've had to uh, bury a vessel alive. It is. Mm. So you know, it's bittersweet for me. I'm excited that the vessels have finally made it into the narrative. Yeah. And sad because they instantly die. Yeah. But I learned something. I learned something about how to torture a vessel without breaking the rules. What What else? What other valuable lessons? Can you bestow on me today? I'm, I'm curious to find out. Oh, I, I don't even know, to be honest. Yeah. So this leaves us, in terms of where we're up to in the chronology, somewhere yeah. around the end of 483 BC. Yeah, and we're still really within this time. I mean, we're, we're in the early... We're still actually within the early decades of the Republic after taking over from the monarchy. And we can see from our episodes that have been this year that... The, it's, it's really a troublesome period, particularly between the patricians and the plebeians, about how they're going to live their lives together, particularly about how they're going to split up land and that kind of jazz. And I feel like actually this year it's been a really worthwhile narrative to explore because, uh, you know, <laughs> the rich and exploiting the poor, are we getting even poorer and more desperate? Mm. The power of class divide <laughs> yeah. to divide states. I have been enjoying it, so I'm looking forward to exploring it more this week. It seems very topical. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the politics right yes. now, we're mm. in a moment where Rome doesn't know who they want to be their consuls, yes. uh, which is pretty usual. You know, you have a vote for that sort of thing. Yep. Um, but things get a little bit controversial because the son of Appius Claudius, mm. legendary founder of the Claudian Gens, yeah. um, nemesis number one of the plebeians <laughs> everywhere, um, <laughs> His son has decided to stand for the consulship. I feel like he should be a shoo-in, Dr. G, because <laughs> he's got all the patrician clout. Oh, all the patrician Don't tell me clout. there's a problem. <laughs> well, let's just say there are some citizens who are less than interested in having this man in charge. Now, let me guess. Are they the plebeian kind of citizens? Oh, give that lady a gold star. Ah, look at it. <laughs> <laughs> so shiny. <laughs> so tell me, what's going on? Because I have virtually nothing on this, <laughs> as usual. Yeah, look, Livy is a little bit sparse. It I'm is, sorry. I know. Yeah. On, it's, it's the season of giving Livy. <laughs> Give him <in> nothing. <laughs> nope, sars. Yeah, so the magistrates all get riled up, obviously, mm-hmm. taking yeah, yeah. sides. The tribunes get involved. Of course. Um, yeah. The consuls who are already at play get involved. Mm. And they eventually decide the senate starts to step in they're like you know what we need an interrex and that's interesting because interrex tends to be something we saw in the monarchy i don't think we've really seen it since then have we no not really no No. yeah so so just to remind our listeners who might not have uh, listened to those episodes back in the good old days when there were kings ruling rome and people knew what was what 
technically, in between your kings who were elected, you would have uh, this year-long period known as the Interrex, uh, which is where you would have a break from the kings and people would share the position of Interrex. Yeah, yeah, so they try to figure out, like, who will do the job, yeah, essentially. exactly. And this falls under a very sort of different measure. And mm. it seems pretty clear from Dionysius of Halicarnassus's material yeah. that he's basing his understanding of the interacts on the much later Republican version. Interesting. Yeah, okay. and the, there's yeah. all this sort of retrojection because yeah. there's, there's a lot of stuff in the narrative that crops up in the next few years where you're like, oh, wait a minute, we don't know where these positions came from, but we're pretty sure they don't exist yet. Okay, um, yeah. And that makes sense, because both Liv- Livy and Dionysus are writing in similar periods, and they do tend to have what is probably a totally unintentional way of projecting their own late Republican slash early Empire period back into this very early period, of which seemingly not even they know much about. <laughs> no, and, and it's gotten to the point where some scholars argue that this whole conflict between the patricians and the plebeians is basically a made-up story. Yeah. As well. Oh my God, <laughs> I hope not. Stay with us, Lisa. Stay with us. <laughs> Before you throw out the baby with the bathwater. Exactly, yeah. Um, at the very least, these are important stories, even if they're not real, because they're the stories that Romans and people in the Mediterranean area told each other about Rome's history. Absolutely, yeah. It says a lot about where they thought they came from and the important morality, you know, r- related to those stories. Yeah. yeah. So the Interrex, wow. Yeah, tell me. how got is Got to be yeah. so, so patrician. Um, you've got to have already held a consulship. Uh-huh. You've got to be one of the elder of the Senate. Okay. And, and you can only hold it for about five days. Uh, well, that, that, like, that, part is, that part is normal, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. But so, the rest of it, whoo, mama. <laughs> so this means that any plebeians historically are immediately excluded from able to hold the position of Interrex. Yeah. And that's something that continues even after plebeians are able to be in the Senate. And we're nowhere mm. near that yet. <laughs> Although, you know, it's interesting. I have been reading like some of the early Republican academic people from modern times. And it's interesting in that they say that there's no definitive... That, that, that there is... A, possibility that there were plebeians in the Senate at this time, that it oh, wasn't yeah. an exclusive patrician body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's just, it's just the magistracies that constantly <laughs> door shut in plebeian face. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we have this real contrast between the narrative that we're told, which is that plebeians aren't in these positions, yes. and that they finally get into them Absolutely. in about a, another hundred or so years' time from where we are in the narrative. <laughs> <Just tracking somebody's laughs> guys. And then we have Roman naming conventions. Yeah. Uh, and there seems from the names that we have and our understanding of where those families come from, that there's at least like about 30% of people mm. who hold magisterial positions in this time period are from plebeian families. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. So you can see why uh, historians are having arguments about this sort of stuff because Dionysius and Livius are presenting this really sort of straight up narrative where yeah. they're like, this is a conflict of the orders. Yeah. And then you look at the names and you're like, wait a minute, but that's a plebeian name. So like even Brutus... Yes. That's, that's a plebeian name. Yes. Um, and it's like, you know, this is the guy who's fundamental to the establishment of the Republic. Yeah. But, and that's the whole thing that takes us back to that foundational moment where the Republic is established. In that, again, some people have theorized, uh, you know, as we talked about before, that it was actually, we had some sort of takeover in those last few kings. 
And it was the patricians fighting back. That's why they established the Republic. It's not about, like, the people I kind of it. love that as a slogan. Yeah. So be in fight back. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's, like, your summation of, like, the last 20 episodes at I the should, very least. I should warn listeners. I did watch Star Wars last night. So I'm feeling very... <laughs> Republic versus Empire. Okay. Okay. No spoilers. <laughs> Haven't seen it yet. I won't. I won't. Anyway. Sorry. Continue Back on. onto the topic. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so after throwing out, tossing around the idea of maybe having a dictator for a while and everyone Ooh. being like, that's chaos. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have a couple of interreges. Yeah. And then we have the appointment of the consuls for 482 BCE. Yeah. Yep. Quintus Fabius. Yes. Consul for the second time. Indeed. Do, 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 do. We're yeah. in the Fabian domination of the consulship period. Go there around a lot this time. <laughs> <laughs> It is unprecedented, apparently. Mm. And Gaius Julius Ulius. No. Son of Gaius Julius Ulius. <laughs> I feel like this is a real Julius Gulius. <laughs> I kind of love it. I'm like, it's such a tongue twister. I know. Um, so we have these two come into play. So I suppose we should flag that uh, this presumably is an ancestor of some kind of the famous Julius one, oh. one Julius Caesar. Yes. As in very loosely, this probably is, from This is same. when the family's prominent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, presume, as far as we can tell, as much as Julius Caesar might like to pretend that he was descended from the gods and whatnot, he was legitimately descended from an old family. Yeah. A very old patrician family. And yeah. they're having a bit of their heyday now. Yeah. Very early in the Republic. And then they'll die down for a while and they'll come back. <laughs> uh, boy, yeah. what a comeback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... Surprise, surprise, there are troubles yes. uh, with the neighbours. I, I do have this. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait for it. Go for it. I have sentences, Dr. G. Oh, Actual my goodness. Sentences. I know. So Libby tells me that at this point in time that there's problems with the aquii mm-hmm. and also with the people from there. Uh, this, is this the same as your records? Uh, yes. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so I am told that the aquii take up arms and the people from there are also carrying little excursions into the territories of the Romans against the Romans' will. <gasps> Impudent scabs. And, 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 and that's, that's, that's about that's all I've got. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, I have a paragraph at least. So, it's, okay. yeah, it's not a lot more detail. Okay. Um, but I'll give you what I have. Okay, thank you. Um, so... The Aquians start raiding into the territory uh-huh. of the Latins. No Ooh. surprise allies, there. Allies, allies. Yeah, yeah, allies. Yep. Yeah. Um, carry off some slaves and some cattle. Ooh. Oofed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the people of they, mm-hmm. um, who at this point in time, Dionysius starts referring to as the people of Tyrrhenia. Um, this okay. sort of broad Etruscan Umbriish people yeah. um, that are also living to the north. Okay. Uh, but yeah. maybe aren't the people of A, but are sort of related to the people of A. Maybe they're allying together. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and they start doing some forays into Roman territory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the Senate is like, okay, we'll. P- Leave the stuff with the Aquians for now, because okay. the more pressing concern, yep. because that's, you know, just our allies being attacked over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who cares we'll, about them? Yeah, yeah. We'll deal with We're them. We're under attack. Yeah, <laughs> who are directly coming for us. Yeah. Um, and so they decide to have a bit of a chat um, with the people from Vey after they declare war. Okay. Um, and there's some controversy because the people of Vey are like, oh, those guys aren't our guys. You can't be mad at us. 
okay and they try to blame it on the people further to the north yeah they're like oh i don't <laughs> all know all of a sudden it becomes clear. <laughs> they're like i don't know what you're talking about man that's they're not to do with us can't you tell from the way they've cut their hair it's totally not in fashion in our parts of the woods and that skirt no no just no. our headlines are by the ankles this season <laughs> Like, mm, I don't think so. Um, so there's a bit of issue there. Mm. Um, and But perhaps more of the pressing issue um, for Rome is that a lot of the plebeians don't want to go to war. Okay, yes. I, I have got a hint from Livy in his very brief account of this year that there's still issues, but that the wars are slightly more important just because, obviously, of the territory incursions. But the plebeians are still clearly not satisfied. Yeah. No surprises there. Yeah. So (laughs) tell me. They refuse to be satisfied. Can you guess why, though? Is it land? It is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a slow learner, listeners, but I'm getting there. (laughs) So there's some backwards and forwards, Mm -hmm. and eventually um, the Tyranians seem to get on board with actually... Um, helping Vey specifically, and Vey's like, oh, okay, cool, so now let's all have a war. And mm. and at that point, everybody in Rome also gets on board, being like, oh, this is a real thing, Vey is a real issue. Okay. Mm. Yeah. It's all very confusing at this point. It's just, it's just that old narrative of, are we under attack? Are we, oh, are we under yes, attack? Yes, Nobody does. Get my <laughs> weapons up and running. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it seems maybe even Dionysius doesn't have much to add here because, you know, normally he would love this sort of thing. He would delve in and give you some speeches that he wrote himself. Yeah. Um, do a bit of showing yeah. off. But he doesn't. He sort of just gets to the end of this and is like, nothing else worthy of notice happened during their consulship. Well, this is the thing. I must admit, Livy speeds on to the more troubling year, the following year, when one Kaiser Fabius, and possibly my favourite name ever, wait for it, listeners, Spurious Furious! (laughs) He's so furious! Spurious Furious! (laughs) Consul! I did actually look up uh, where his family name might have come from. And whilst there's no doubt this is indeed a family name, there's quite a few people that sport this name, <laughs> it probably did come from the word, well, like a Latin word, which means something along the lines of rage, passion, and which just made me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, well suited for the job, probably. Yeah. Um, so this means that we're in 481 BCE, and Dionysius doesn't let us get off to an easy start. No. Um, there is Don Fabius around again. Well, there are tensions. He talks about the problems between the populace and the Senate in terms of who will be elected to the consulship. Yeah, well, Kaiser Fabius is not, uh, I mean, he's not just um, the from the Fabian clan. He's got a bit of a history as well, doesn't he? Oh, do tell. Isn't he this? Oh, wait, no, maybe I'm confusing him with one of the other Fabius. I thought he was one of the guys that was around earlier with, like, the whole Spurious Cassius thing. Did you know what? Oh, Kaiser Fabius is the guy that no. was part of the Quaestor's right, yeah. Parachidium. That, yes, um, exactly. Against Spurious yeah. Cassius. Yes yes, 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 yes. That's how he got his career. Yeah. Um, so he's, like, deeply patrician. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously is the Senate choice. Yes. Um, huh. More Fabians. I feel like it's just like, you know... The Fabians are the salt into the wound of the Fabians. Let's just sprinkle some more on them. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> rub it in, rub it right in. You know what? This needs a good Fabian marriage. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Yeah. So Kaiser Fabius, consul for the second time, mm. 481. Yeah. And then we have Dionysius weirdly positions this as um, the people 
So the plebeians want somebody from their own party. Um, which initially I read, I was like, really? I don't think the plebeians were able to get anybody into the Senate at this no. time. Not according to the traditional no, narrative. No, exactly. So what does it mean when Dionysius says somebody from their own party? Mm. And what it means is Spurius Furious is a patrician who is sympathetic yes. um, in terms of his policy and political factioning to the cause of the people. That makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. Lucky. Yes. So we've got two patricians as consul, Spurious Furious. I'm never going to get tired of his <laughs> <I know>. name. <laughs> and Kaiser Fabius. Yeah. Now, Livy doesn't deal a lot with the plebeians at first. He's more concerned with the actual wars that are going on at first. Is Dionysius still on the track of dealing with the Aquii and the... Yeah. It's pretty clear that because the Romans haven't taken any action to help the Latins with yes. the Aquians, that the Latins are now like... Um, um, hello, hello, Rome. Hello, hello friend. Uh, it's so to disturb you, but we kind of got our city under siege. <laughs> um, we've got these aquiums at the gates. Um, would you be able to help with that at all? Sorry to be... I, I hope this isn't terribly inconvenient. <laughs> I've got Ortona as being the uh, the main Latin place under siege. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. see, so that came up for... In Dionysius' narrative for the year before. Ah, yeah. So okay, it does right. get mentioned in both. Yeah. Okay, all right. Now, the Vei, in my account, they seem to be considering actually besieging Rome itself after <laughs> capturing quite a lot of Boutet. Oh, hello. I know, getting quite daring. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think they probably should, really. Yeah. Um, so we've got this sort of, it seems to be this increasing sort of alliance be, between... The Tyrrhenians. Maybe this is why these, they're getting bold. Yeah, these sort of mm. northern yeah. Tuscan Umbrian people. Yeah. The people of Vey, the more strictly Etruscan people, mm. um, slightly further south, closer to Rome, banding together and then like sort of coming down and being like, oh yeah, so now we're together. With, peop- with like this massive alliance seemingly forming and them thinking of maybe taking on Rome. This would classically be the moment when the plebeians go, you know what, to hell with our grievances, let's band together and just, you know, go and fight these guys, and then we'll deal with our problems. go to war! Yeah, once again, I'm going to put myself last, except it ain't. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what accent that was. (laughs) In my account, this is where the plebeians actually say, no, you know what, we're even more ticked off by this whole situation than we normally would be. Once again, we're going to threaten... Not to enlist as soldiers unless you deal with our problems. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. Um, seems pretty reasonable. Um, do you have any Tribune of the Plebs involved do, with this? I do. Funnily enough, oh, yes. one spurious wink Licinius. Ah, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we have a nice we have a nice parallel going on here. Know. Yeah, yeah, so it's not at all clear in Dionysius' account what his real name is. Spurious, he's listed as Spurious. I Kylius, uh, which doesn't even make any sense, really. Even as a name, doesn't look really good. Well, Licinius is a name I recognize, and, and that yeah. will be uh, that will be a name. Well, again, one of these old families that will continue continue to be a, yeah. a feature of our story for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I'd say that Licinius is the one that's preferred in terms of a name because yes, he also yes. gets offered the possibility of Siculus. Nah, uh, not having it. <laughs> <laughs> but Licinius um, is what comes up in Livy, and it's also what comes up in Broughton. Yes. So, and as happy. we like to say around here, if it's good enough for Broughton, it's good enough for Broughton. It's good enough for me. <laughs> um, and but yeah, Spurius 
uh, Licinius gets up as Tribune of the Plebs, and he says, like, you know, without the allotment of the land, none of this is going to happen. Yeah. None of this warfare. Finally. Finally, Dr. <laughs> a Athelian Tribune is actually doing his job. Oh, he is. God. He is. And he's like, you know, you guys need to appoint the Decimvirs. Uh, I'm like, hilarious. So his whole sort of protest is like, so can we have the wheels of bureaucracy moving, please? Yeah. So just to remind you, just to take a step back and remind you what's going on here. So the agrarian law is where the plebeians are classically looking for a fairer distribution of the land. So they're, you know, got something to live off of and farm and what have you. And the decimvirs has been proposed, oh God, it seems like a few ago. years ago. Yeah, now. a few years ago, the decimvirs were meant to be investigating the situation, measuring out land, seeing who owns what, all that kind of stuff. And seemingly this would mean that that just has not been happening. No. Yeah. Not at all. is, quite frankly... Astounding. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Considering, but we've also been in a state of what appears to be perpetual war. Yeah, and I think this has something to do with the fact that the fallout after Spurius Cassius, it seems that the plebeian, tribu- the, the plebeian tribunes are really laying low, no one's willing to rock the boat after that whole affair, and they, yeah, they're really letting the patricians walk all over people. So I think that has something to do with it. So I am relieved. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's finally gotten up and said something as a tribune of the plebs. Yeah. But it doesn't last long. No. Well, no. <laughs> Still, I wanted to revel in that moment of glory. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't last long. And it seemingly is because, in my account, is because the poor little Spurious Lucinius, or whatever his name may be, is blocked by his own freaking colleague. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I have um, the the sort of method through which this comes about um, in Dionysius is referred out to our old nemesis, Appius Claudius. Ugh, okay. Oh, look, he dies soon. Um, right, before but, we get into that, though, I just want to remind <laughs> listeners, this is classic Roman system where you never have just one guy, unless it's a dictator, you always have checks and balances. If there's one guy who has power to do one thing, sure enough, there'll be another guy who has the power to block him from doing anything. <laughs> Oh, Bureaucracy. Yeah. Bureaucracy. Well, <laughs> we don't want a situation where we have a king again, do no, we? No. Um, so things have to be slightly more complicated. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, continue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, by all means. Yeah. Um, so Appius Claudius gets up, has a bit of a speech with the Senate, and he's like, well, you know what the real problem here is? That the body of the Tribune of the Plebs is sacred. Okay. And because <laughs> it's sacred, he can get away with doing this stuff, and we can't stop him from doing this stuff. Because we can't interfere with him. So the only way that we can get around this guy is to get the other tribune of the plebs on our side and get them to take him down. I am appalled <laughs> and also grudgingly respect how freaking clever Fabius <laughs> Claudius can be. <laughs> He's being pretty clever. So clever. He always gets around. <laughs> He's like, the only method of destroying the power of the college was to sow dissension amongst its members. And that damn straight did work. It does, it does. The <laughs> consuls yeah. um, caught the other tribunes, the yeah. other four tribunes, so yeah. apparently there's five of them at this point. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, it seems like too many for this period of history, but yeah. I'm yeah. just going to pass that one by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and make them well disposed uh, mm. to the Senate and their perspective. And I would like to say that when you are fighting an enemy that is stronger and more powerful and wealthier than you, dear listeners, don't be swayed by people from that body if you can help it, because they're just trying to push their own agenda. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean... 
Stay strong. Yes. Stay strong. Unity. Unity. Yeah. Fight the system. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Star Wars. <laughs> And so they try to persuade the other tribunes. Mm. They try to persuade. I don't have any names of these other tribunes. No, way. neither do I. Okay, yeah. Um, they try to persuade Spurius Licinius mm. um, that the allotment of land is obviously important, but we have this pressing war. Yeah. Um, that old chestnut. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a worn out tale by this point in time. Exactly. And so guess what happens? The army levy is completed and they can go to war. <laughs> oh, it gets even better in this. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Spurious Licinius makes a bold move okay. and screws it up. <gasps> yeah. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> so he comes out. Yeah. And in front of the whole population, you know, like they're gathered together for some sort of assembly. Yeah. That he would rather see the Tyrrhenians and all their other enemies as masters of Rome <gasps> than to leave unpunished. Those who were occupying the public land. Oh no, he didn't. <laughs> oh, oh, apparently he did. And I'm like, oh man. My night, my notes are like, nice, bold move, probably foolish. Yeah. <laughs> and let me guess, it doesn't work. It doesn't work out. He yeah. offends even the plebeians. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I, I can kind of see why. They were like, we want our land. We don't want to lose it to the enemy. Yeah, like foreign occupation <laughs> is not going to get them their land either. <laughs> Yeah, and so Dionysius mm. tells us that the other tribunes interpose their veto yeah. at this point. And, and I've put a question mark, is like, first use of tribunition, tribunition veto? Possibly, actually, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not sure. Well, um, yeah, since, I mean, apart from, I suppose, like, the tribunes who have physically intervened to save people, mm, you know, this like, is like shown up and being like, nope, not happening! <laughs> I, yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I'm not sure. And yeah. Like, I did do a little bit of extra reading around this because I was like, well, you know, what do we know about tribunition veto? Mm. Um, and for this period of time, not a lot. Yeah. Um, so technically, even though veto sounds like it's really Latin, um, it's technically called intercessio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Where we get our word interceding from, no doubt. Yeah, and we don't get a settlement by law on the strict role and demarcation of the tribune of the plebs until 449. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we at this point in time, if they're interposing veto, they're doing it through their sacred nature with their body. Yes. Not in a political voting kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They're not just sending a note going... Veto. <laughs> We're like, I veto this. Sucked in. <laughs> Holding up their little placard at the right. auction. Veto. <laughs> Just no. Um, no, it's like, yeah. So they may, may I, then I imagine maybe they've wrestled him off stage, being like, no, shush. I like the idea, actually. It's like when you're standing there saying that stupid, stupid thing about foreigners taking over, and then the other tribune just going, line tackle. Take that man off. on. Take that man down. Yeah, exactly. Stop him from talking. Um, so, <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. So then they do the levy. Yes. Okay. So they get their armies and therefore one consul is sent against the Aquii and another consul is sent against the city of Vey. And in my account, Fabius is put in charge of the war against the Aquii and Spurious Furious just absolutely so keen to go against the city of Vey. <laughs> Is, oh, that, is that how it goes for you? That's really interesting because I have it the opposite way around. Well, look, you know, it's an easy mistake to make, I imagine, at this point in time. Well, I mean, do you have any extra details on what happens in either of these well, conflicts? I, this is the thing. I suppose the main thing is actually not so much who they're sent against, but what happens when they are sent in my account. Because I've got a little story about 
Fabius. Do you have a story about Fabius? I do have a story yeah. about Fabius. Actually, surprisingly, because it seems like the Fabii are just, you know, the flavor of the month. They are the cookies and cream flavor that everybody wants a piece of. Oh, the flavor. The flavor. Or... You see what I'm going with? <laughs> yeah. um, but Livy, not a fan of the performance that's happening in this war. <laughs> Regardless of who the enemy is, it seems that, not surprisingly, the troops are not thrilled to be there. They don't want to be there. And therefore, they, it, it almost seems like a mutiny is happening here. They just, they, they're refusing to really fight, and they kind of come back to their camp just complaining all the time, telling Fabius off to his face about like how rubbish he is. Um, and Fabius, he does manage to secure, like a, he, he, he does secure a victory, I suppose, by tweaking his cavalry and that sort of stuff, but... Because he doesn't take any action against these mutinous soldiers, Livy is unimpressed. Ooh. Yeah, it's a no from Livy. Oh, <laughs> that's really interesting. Yeah, how, how does your account go now? Yeah, look, Kaiser Fabius's career is going to come to haunt him a little bit, yeah. I think, in this moment. Yeah. Um, but first of all, I'll give you the good news, the okay. good word on Spurious Furious. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Uh, <laughs> shorter story, but uh, also, like, great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so apparently, according to Dionysius, Spurious Furious, is sent against the Aquians. Okay. Um, yep. And, you know, everything goes great. Um, they take booty. Of course it does. He's spurious, furious. <laughs> spurious, furious. <laughs> Victorious. The Aquians man in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> they take money. They take booty. They take slaves. It's all very exciting. There's not much more you can take. <laughs> and then, to cap it all off, yeah. Spurious, furious being the people's choice for consul, <laughs> shares the spoils with all the soldiers. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and they're all like, now oh, this is why we wanted you to be in charge, Spurious, furious. <laughs> Maybe we should be thinking of him more in like terms of passion. Yeah. Spurious, furious. Spurious, furious. You just made me so damn furious <laughs> in my... Not underwear, but like my sublocheum. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know what to do with my tunic right now. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. so everything's going great for him. Yeah. And it's like super easy, all done in a paragraph. Nice. Done and dusted. People are happy. I knew I liked this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Kaiser Fabius, on the other hand. Yeah. Well, things do not go well. Um, the plebeians don't like him already. No. I mean, the spurious cast is well, thing is a bit of an issue. Yeah, exactly. Um. And they take it a little bit further this time. They obviously didn't want to go. No. And they had a tribune of the plebs to help them out with that. Yes. And he, they, that failed. Yep. And now they're there anyway, and they don't like this guy. No. Um, so they just don't really perform to their best. That's, no. that's their first thing that they do. Yeah. They don't undermine his leadership. But they also don't really rush to follow orders. No, and that's exactly the feeling I get. It's just like this constant, like, grumbling, half-assed kind of yeah. Yeah, attitude. Yeah. And they're kind of like, you know, they go into battle uh, and it, they don't really try their best. No. Nope. Which seems pretty insane, yeah. to be honest. Well, yeah, um, I mean, surely they call it to lose. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, try <laughs> enough so you don't die, guys. Yeah. Um, but they don't go for the pursuit when the enemy retreats mm. and they don't take the enemy's camp because they refuse to do the siege. 
classic lack of enthusiasm. Yeah, lack of enthusiasm. <laughs> um, some of the soldiers seem to be angry about this. Pretty like, I, and I'm guessing, like I'm adding a bit of color to the story here, but I'm guessing it's the ones who, you know, the real career soldiers. Yeah, 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 sort of, yeah. They try to hail Kaizo as Imperator, and it's, it seems like an attempt to sort of build up the morale and get everything moving back on track again. And the other guys are just like, nope, not happening. The other soldiers just I will not laugh. find Imperator. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, boo. In fact, I'm kind of imagining, go with this, they have little placards which say, hashtag not my imperator. <laughs> not my imperator. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a lot of taunting going on. Yeah. Um, the people who call for him to be acclaimed as imperator are basically laughed down. Well, I suppose this is a moment we should just remind ourselves as well. Again, kind of like our discussion from earlier. The plebeians do not make up the whole army. Like They're, no. they're, they're just a section of the army. Uh, they're important, but they're mostly yeah. infantry. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And even then, they're probably not the whole infantry. There's there's presumably other people as well. Yeah. Who we don't hear about in this period because they're not part of this story of the <gasps> conflict of the orders. Yeah, let's yeah. let's just not talk about them. Exactly, guys. yeah. Who they're are no- they? They're yeah. nothing from yeah. nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Kaiser gets increasingly desperate. He, as he would. Because, <laughs> you know, he wants to come back and be able to, like, celebrate a triumph or be acclaimed in some way. Hey, you're only as good as your last battle. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> you know, otherwise, what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. And he starts to uh, entreat them. Yeah. Uh, he does a bit of crying, lamentations. Ooh. And, yeah. <laughs> lamentations or tears. I'm like, okay, dude. That doesn't seem um, to be a power move. Uh, okay. Supplication. Mm. Like, please, will you do this thing for me? Um, and then when they kind of don't pay any attention to that, he yeah. then starts to threaten them with violence, and they just go kind of like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> We've seen you cry, man! <laughs> You're threatening us yeah. with violence. Yeah. Um, we've got the spears here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they they continue to, to play naughty. And then, even better, um, a whole bunch of them decide to just pack up sticks and go home in the middle of the night. Wow. Okay, that was not in my account. <laughs> so yeah, so they that's, rose up. I mean, that's desertion. That's yeah, a pretty big. Deal. This is massive, and it's a problem as well because these guys just march back to Rome, and Rome doesn't know to expect them because they haven't had any word from any commander that there's an army returning. Yeah. So people on the walls are like, an enemy is approaching. Well, yeah, yeah. And they basically have to wait until there's enough light the next day to be able to be like, oh. They look like Romans. Well, again, I mean, presumably, we like to think of them, I suppose, in terms of our kind of warfare, but presumably there's not like a uniform that they're wearing here. There's not like a... They'd have, obviously, like, appropriate clothes for their region, but not like a, you know, we're all in red. (laughs) I think this is really interesting because it's like, you know, at the very least, we've got enough similarity between appearance and language groups in this region that you can't tell. tell. When somebody's like, hey, I'm home. Can you let me in? They're like, (laughs) pretty sure I'm not letting you in. Who are you? Yeah. Um, Hey, Bill, it's Fred. (laughs) They're like, what? What yeah. are you doing down there? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, like, there's a lot of suspicion when these guys turn up at home because yeah. nobody is expecting them. And so that doesn't go so well. No. <laughs> um, but they eventually do let them in once right. they realize. And, yeah. So the Tyranians, in this moment, if indeed this is who Kaiser yeah, is fighting, fighting against, yeah, yeah. which is not at all clear <laughs> yeah. from our source material. Classic Dianism, uh, maybe. <laughs> they are very excited because they wake up, realize half the army has left, Kaizo is also heading home because he doesn't have an army, really. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so they just act as conquerors of the territory, um, lay waste, and then go home themselves. 
Wow. Yeah. That makes it a little bit different to my version of things. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this brings us to the close of this year. So I feel like this might actually be an adequate place um, to close off this episode as well. Fair call, fair call, yeah. Um, so that means we're up to... The, the partial pick! pick. Oh, I forgot to get my sound effect ready. <laughs> Alright, so partial pick. Yes. Let's start it off, Dr. G. What do we got yeah. first off the rank? So, military cloud. A score out of ten eagles. Well, according to your account, Spurious Furious, being the awesome guy that he is, did pretty well. But Kaiser Fabius, actually pretty much almost as bad as you can get. I feel like Spurious Furious gets ten eagles, That's right. but Kaiser Fabius gets no eagles. Yes, yeah. very so, cool. Which very leaves cool. us with five eagles. Okay, so we got five eagles. All right, what's our next category? Diplomacy. Uh, <laughs> Romans tend not to do very well in this category at the moment. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't think they even really tried, did they? Not really. I no. mean, maybe the year before the year we just, we just finished on, they tried a little bit, but it wasn't so good. I feel depressed when I think about it, so I'm thinking like a one. Okay, yeah, yeah. fair call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're up to six. Okay, good. Expansion. Nope, no expansion whatsoever. No egos. (laughs) Weirdos? Okay, well... Spurious, furious. Yeah, yeah, again, I I can see some. (laughs) Some. And also, I feel like Spurious Licinius kind of should read a mention for trying to get the agrarian law passed again. I mean, let's face it, it's not that long since Spurious Cassius and all that affair. It's a bold move. Other people have been scared. Mm. I, I feel like he's displaying some sort of bravery. Yeah, yeah, but I also feel this might need to be counterbalanced by, like, you know, the deserting troops. Because this is that a classic is true. a classic non-Weirtus moment, oh, as completely. far as Romans would be concerned. Oh, yeah, they would hate that. I think that's why Livy is like, I am uh, not impressed. Yeah. <laughs> we are not amused over in Livy's camp. Who are these guys? So I feel like maybe a three. Ooh, all right, a three. Yep. And for, like, finally... For a citizen score. Oh, this is not good. What's it like to be a citizen? <laughs> Again, it's pretty crap. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Boo, indeed. Mm. I'm not thinking much good stuff. I, I suppose, do you think the fact that Spurious, Spurious shared his spoils? Look, yeah, look, maybe let's give it maybe a three then. Okay. You know, at least something happened good for some of them. That's true. All right. <laughs> that means, Dr. G, we finish up with a grand total of 12 golden eagles. <laughs> 12 out of 50 possible eagles. Well, you know, it's improvement on last time. It's all I can Yeah, say. I was going to yeah. say, we're still in abysmal territory, but yeah. we've uh, progressed slightly. Yeah, well, you know, early republic. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. It's tough out there. Indeed. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure, as always, to talk about early republicans' goings-on. Indeed. Dr. G. It's been excellent. Until next time. See you then. Ah! <laughs>